gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 112, the review segment for Friday, April 2nd, 2016. Oh my God. This is how time has flown. Wait, is Friday actually the second or is it the first? No, Friday's the first. God damn it. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to keep that? Yep. <laughs> All right. Fuck you, April Fools Day. Um, this week, we're talking about Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some, and we have a special guest, Joanna Robinson. Yeah! Back by popular request. Did you crack a beer? Fuck, yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> beer. Uh, Sorry, what? Hey, what were we I, talking about? I thought the special guest was going to be Patches' beer. I, uh, it was more beer than ever. <laughs> I can't hear Joanna over your macho posturing, Patches. Sorry. Uh, we'll get to that whole up. thing soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, Everybody Wants Some is a new movie from Richard Linklater. It's opening a limited release this weekend. I think it will be expanding further, so... You may not have it in your town yet, but it's a, you know, it's the kind of movie that I feel like could play in a lot of places. I don't know. All across the country. It's the American college experience yeah. in a movie. So it's, uh, yeah, so he's describing it as a spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. It's set at a, a like Southern Texas University, some fictional college right. in the weekend before classes start. And it's about the members of a baseball team who all live in the baseball houses, which is a hilarious concept, and uh, are spending the weekend before classes start basically just throwing as many parties as they can and chasing after girls and hanging out in the grand tradition of a, of a Richard Linklater hangout movie. Um, I guess I want to start with Patch. I feel like, Joanna, we've brought you here not only as a beloved guest, but also as a dissenting voice. But I want to... Uh, <laughs> Which is all, which is very valuable. David took the week so off. Bring the, yeah, bring the fight in the war room. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. We do need that. But I guess in the everybody wants some verse, you're like the party pooper. What character are you? There's a character for everyone on this podcast. Oh, well, is there? Sorry. Okay. Oh, you know, isn't like people assign us characters in this podcast? I feel like that's true. That's what the- part of the sandwich am I? <laughs> the, uh, I think someone literally did come up with it. Like, not always present, but welcome when she is. I think you're eating the sandwich. <laughs> Oh, uh, the, pickle, the pickle on the side? I don't yeah, know. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, Patches, you and I think are much more in the critical consensus, or not much more, but we we kind of represent the critical consensus, which is a pretty fond of this movie. So what do you like so much about it? Uh, what, did, what did I like about it? I mean, I'm not necessarily the biggest uh, Daisy Confused fan. I mean, I really like the movie. Um, but I, I think some people have it on a pedestal because it means a lot to their experience growing up. Maybe they, because they were growing up in the nineties when it came out or because it spoke to the youth. That movie takes place in the Mm seventies and just was pitch perfect in terms of that experience. So it was not pitch perfect. The movie, it was not pitch perfect. It was not pitch perfect too, but (laughs) it was a pitch perfect film. Um, but yeah, that, that it struck a chord with people because, and and not just in a nostalgic way. I think it was, and that's what I like about Everybody Wants Some, which is set in the 1980s. It has a very specific voice, um, but it's not necessarily a movie. At least me watching it and not having too much to relate to going to college in the 80s, or being which, on a baseball team, or they did not. Oh yeah, I was definitely not on a baseball team. Sorry, um, not to judge you, but I but te- teams of all sort, I think, will be able to relate. This if you were on any sports team at any point, you can relate to everybody wants some. Or if you were in part of a group activity, you can relate to that. I was not on a baseball team, but uh, yeah, I, it was. It's not a nostalgic movie, at least by, from my 
perspective. It is a movie entrenched in an experience, and by setting it over one weekend, it can kind of float through all these different this it's a coming of age movie where there's there's no villain, there's no real obstacle. It's no just one really learns anything. Well, either. I I would disagree not with not that. getting some. I think not getting some is the villain. Oh yeah, not as in not uh, not getting laid. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's Get, obviously getting, uh, getting some is our goal. <laughs> well, hold, hold, hit hit the brakes here. Hit the brakes. That's right. the goal. Maybe in the beginning of the movie, um, and not at the end of the movie. Or people's opinions about that change. I think you arrive at college with an idea of what you're supposed to do. Everybody wants some. Everyone's supposed to want some. It should be the name of this movie. But that's really the the evolution that we go through in one weekend. We soak up. The totality of college, you know, one one night they're going to a true like frat party or they're throwing one. They have their own baseball house party and it's just raucous and everyone wants a bedroom so they can screw the girl they just met and danced with. Or they're going to the clubs. You know, I love this movie is full of music, full of full of life and Linklater's obsessions. And, you know, he takes us to a disco club. He takes us to a Wild West bar. Uh, he takes us to a punk show and punk parties. He takes us everywhere. Everywhere you could go, you can go. And that's so true. Uh, I mean, maybe it only happens in the movies, but it feels so true to what college is like. You can go anywhere and do anything. And and maybe clicks don't matter anymore because you're rebooting your whole life. And this, it's it's almost like... There's something about Austin filmmakers, right? We have Terrence Malick, we have Richard Linklater, and they both can float through life and observe, and somehow that gets away being a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Linklater can do it with words, I think, a little more than you know. Malick uses pictures, but I find everybody wants some very cinematic because it's it's basking in these environments. It's finding the picturesque in the suburbs of this uh, Texas town, but it really is just about floating through life and learning a lesson without trying too hard. Um, there are definitely scenes in this movie where people are just shooting the shit and talking about real life and, and uh, what they've learned. You know, this, the main character, God, all these guys, I can't, I can't remember their names. Or, no, I remember none of their names. Who is the main character of this movie? What's his name? I also saw this movie a few uh, weeks ago. Blake, Blake Jenner's the actor, Brandon. Okay, yeah, so okay. not, I, no, I made that up. I don't think that's his name. I just okay. His, uh, name, his name's Jake. Jake. Um, and Jake is, you know, he's the freshman. So the baseball team is kind of walking him through their existence, being in the house when practices are going to start. But what really matters, here's how to go to parties and here's lay, the lay of the land. Let's cruise through town. Let's see the sights. And he has these seniors by his side. He has juniors and sophomores and all these people have different experiences. And we get to hear all that in in such an authentic way this is how people really talk this is how people really this is the the offensive shit they say these are the lies they tell these are the moments when all of a sudden they're speaking harsh truths or like being really emotional it just gets every one of those beats and it does so in a hilarious way i mean i was laughing the whole time and just really enjoying it um and it's there's definitely a bro aspect to it well hang on we'll we'll get to that because i think that's what joanna had to say that that was really interesting but but wait you also enjoy i want to weigh in first which is why i told you not to segue over to joanna yet (laughs) (laughs) i naturally segue i'm sorry i'm talking like life this is what life is really like god you're making like like, like, let's get to the wet blanket part you're making me like you make me like this movie less when you say i'm talking (laughs) like life man it's great (laughs) 
Um, but the, when, when you talk about like lessons learned in this movie and kind of like learning what you should want, I feel like leaning on lessons and what, you know, how much changes at the end of it is a little bit misleading. It's kind of like, like what is learned in boyhood? What is a lesson in boyhood? I don't really think there is anything. It's about just being in this experience and kind of watching someone learn something or maybe not or experience things. And like you're saying, like all of these different aspects of college kind of presented in this microcosm of this one weekend. And it's a really effective hangout movie. And not many, many people but Richard Linklater can get away with that. There, I've seen, you know, we've all seen so many crappy indie movies about people just, like, shooting the shit and being around each other. But he's got this, like, incisive way of making every scene you see of these guys wasting time and, and doing nothing, being a story kind of in and of themselves. Like, there's a scene where they're all, like, smoking out of a bong and talk. I can't remember what, like, what ph- philosophical thing that they're talking about, but... Trying to send ESP messages. Yeah, to each other. Trying to exactly. think of one guy's like, I'm thinking of baseball, and he's like, I'm thinking of skunks or something. It's like the dumbest thing in the world, but there's a whole self-contained story within that scene. And every scene in the movie, I think, works that way. And it, including the ones where they're just being idiots trying to get girls to sleep with them, or where, you know, later in the movie our uh, our hero Jake uh, meets a girl who's played by Zoe Deutsch, who you will know is the daughter of Leah Thompson because she has been cloned from Leah Thompson and looks exactly like her. It's really weird. Um, and you watch their kind of courtship, so it's like a more traditional, kind of like a before sunset kind of thing where you're watching that conversation happen and just wandering through it and the warmth that he has for these characters who are being big dummies in a lot of situations. Like one of the, one of the guys who's kind of the older people in the team is a huge baby about losing at ping pong, and you it, it's so funny to watch him lose his temper, but also so warm-hearted you kind of feel for him at the same time well, because he's so good at baseball too like you start out kind of admi- actually you start out hating him because he's a huge dick when you get to the house well everyone's a huge dick all- when they get to the that's house true. that's tyler that's tyler hawkland of of teen wolf fame yeah people he, love him. people love him and he also actually played baseball like college baseball oh really when, when i saw it at south by southwest um link later said that you know all the kids who auditioned submitted like you know them playing you know them playing sports at home sort of videos but tyler hawkland had like actual espn footage that he sent in <laughs> from his like actual career he, so, uh, yeah. comes off like he really can play ball and so everyone admires for it so yeah. that when he loses a ping pong yeah he gets so angry. That scene is hysterical. Yeah. And I, I think I like what you said about it not being a nostalgic movie because not only is it not nostalgic for 1980 and for these discos, but I don't think it's that nostalgic for this period of life. I think it's really clear eyed about like the amazing things about just being living in the house with your baseball bros and having nothing to do, but also how it's like not it's kind of empty and it's kind of confusing and it's doesn't, it doesn't overemphasize either of those things. It's just part of the fabric of this movie, which it's so effortless. And it, mm. all of those things occur to you while you're just really enjoying your time hanging out with these guys, which Although is maybe, maybe it had to have been set in the eighties, not just because Linklater understands that on a personal level, but because of what it wants to do drift to these house parties or mm-hmm. the circumstances of college have changed. I don't yeah. think college is like it is in everybody wants some. I haven't been in like 10 years, but I'm just guessing that big frat parties and like, it's in a dream well, world. Also, right? Link, it's in a Link, dream world. Linklater is doing that thing that Cameron Crowe does, right? Where he's like very, very good at telling a specific story about his own experience. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that's Days and Confused is set in high school, like his high school at a time when he went to high school. And this is set in a college like his college. He said that everything that happened in the movie happened to him except for the duct tape scene, which happened to a friend of his. But like <laughs> every single thing happened. So it had to be set in the 80s because it had to be right. 
this thing that happened to him. And I, I agree. I think one of the reasons why it doesn't feel nostalgic is because of the great soundtrack. I love the soundtrack, but it's like the the greatest hits, right? It's it's like your favorite song. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't go deep on anything. So you're not like, oh, this really captures like a <laughs> bit more of the time. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just like, oh, this could be on a mixtape of like I love the eighties or something. Although you know? Or maybe in contrast to even that. The, even the punk music is the Gilligan's Island theme. Like, right, you know, it's as, as poppy as possible. So. Well, in, almost in contrast to that, it's so – it does kind of go deep or it feels very specific, right? We're in the 80s, but we're in the 80s when they're just coming over from the 70s. So you still have disco right. and you have early hip-hop. So when a lot of people think of the 80s, they're thinking of like – Culture club, you know, karma chameleon, uh, the, you know, 80s pop. Oh, hit. yeah, you're so far from that. Yeah, and it just feels really removed because we're still kind of hanging on to the 70s. So it is, becomes very specific. And Katie, to what you said, you know, why is this not just an indie? Why do we see so many indie movies where people stand around and talk and it feels so dreadful and boring and tedious, but here it's so much fun? And it's because it's written through. It's not, It's very specific, but it's also – a movie where the dialogue is snappy and really funny. I mean, these characters probably don't exist in real life. He's accelerating them forward, uh, amplifying their their traits to make them movie characters. But that's what's so fun, that they can encompass so much. And the dialogue is, it crackles and uh, the performances are so good. Everyone in this movie will be famous. Everyone in this movie Okay. A huge well, and, star, and just Richard, like the days of confused. And Richard Linklater has proven many times with basically every movie he's made is everyone keeps trying to make their before sunset knockouts, and he's like, no, 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 I can do this, and you can't. Right. Uh, all right, Joanna, we have uh, we keep hinting at your opinions on this movie. Go for it. Well, I, I do. I do. At first, want to say I think you guys are. Slightly mispainting my take, which I is sure, that I sure I think I've been, painted you as being harsher than me, you are. Joanna. Bye. Not me. <laughs> I believe in you, your ability to show love and affection to this movie. <laughs> and I do. Um, I have two main problems, uh, which is I actually think Blake Jenner as the lead was terrible. Actually. Have I seen him in something before? Is he? He was. He was on Glee. Oh as, lord! As but much as I could tell you, he and played I think someone he's... named Ryder Lynn on Glee. At that. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I thought he was really bad, but Linklater has this uh, like tradition of sort of casting these these interesting characters as his proxy. Like I also didn't like Eller Coltrane in um, Boyhood. I did like Wiley Wiggins in Days and Confused a lot, but like the other uh, count, you know, uh, Richard Linklater stand in was either Jason or Jeremy London. It was Jeremy London, right? In Days and Confused. And I thought he was a weak link too. I think he was much better at casting all the characters around his main character. And I loved every single one of them. I agree with you. I I'm, gonna ha- I'm going to want to debate that at some point, or at least plant the seed in people's heads that I was telling Katie this earlier today. I think Blake Jenner or Jake is the obvious proxy for Linklater, but I don't think he's the proxy. I think there's this Ooh. other guy, and I'm trying to figure out which is it one. Fin- Finnegan? Who the is no, mustache? no, 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 the no. Steve Zahn knockoff. Who I we'll get like. to Glenn Powell, the most him. amazing. Oh my God. Everyone so likes great. Him but me. No, there's oh. this guy um, who drives the car during. There's a big sing-song oh. scene, and I'm trying to figure out the his name. The one without name. the mustache. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I think basically, that's actually think later. Basically, it was like when I was watching this movie, I was like, mustache, no mustache, blonde mustache, dark mustache. Like that's mm-hmm. how I tracked the people. Um, anyway, my other, my, the bigger problem that I had is that I just don't feel like there's any 
room for female characters, even Zoe Deutsch's character, who starts out kind of interesting. Um, I, I just, I didn't respond well to her character. I didn't think it had a lot of depth. There, everyone else is like, and they're actually credited as like, I forget. They're they're not great names for these female characters, and and I, it's just hard for me to watch like an unironic mud wrestling scene, like mm. so many decades after Porky's. Like, haven't we come far <laughs> from the mud wrestling scene? And we haven't be... come far from that because it takes place before Porky's was out. <laughs> oh, it's a Porky's prequel. Like, but like, shouldn't. And, you know, and some people were like, well, Days and Confuse is a, is a masculine movie. And it is, but there's also plenty of great female characters in that movie yeah, as well. A, like, This is a different movie. In high school, it's this swirling pool of, of mixing hormones, you know? This is like, you do mesh with guys and girls and they're everywhere together in small towns. And it, here, this you're entering straight into this fraternity of baseball brethren. You no, know, how do you, how do you... They're interacting with women throughout the movie. They're just not seeing them as anything other than like. But if the experience, if the arc is to understand that these women are more than. I don't think that that's. I don't think that that is at all what the movie is saying. The movie is, is doing what you said it did, which I agree with, which is a great observation hangout movie and for that i really i do like it and i think a lot of the guys are so charming and i think it does so many things so well especially as you said like i'm just gonna sit here and agree with you until you have to back off me um (laughs) like especially what you said about someone coming to college and trying all these different identities to try to figure out who they are oh i oh i i lied i have a third problem which is the character um who <laughs> the crazy like, character yeah who seemed Do like he want? should be in who should be in wet hot american summer like he was in oh, a yeah. different movie altogether yeah. that was I, interesting was because he, i i assume that that kind of exists and there's always a goofball like i get why that character is around but he in the me i think when we meet him he's acting kooky and then he has an uh, awful scene at a bar where he's just acting like an asshole and he gets a little better over the course of the movie i like him yeah. but looks just like michael showalter which like means yeah. the wet hot connection is even deeper i wonder if they did it on purpose too that's how much they look alike it's yeah. it's really i agree with you joanne i had kind of forgotten about him but yeah he's way out of the tone of the movie my favorite, I, my favorite dummy is actually. Um, I'm calling them dummy lovingly because that's what Katie started when she saw it. So <laughs> this is me just um, being Dennis from Thirty Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but Te- Temple Baker, who played Plumber, who was one of the other freshmen, who's just, oh like, yeah, the, the most dummy of the dummies. Oh God, I really so liked him. Stupid. Yeah, so great. Really you know his story? No. no. So I was looking – I wanted to look all these people up because I thought most of them were phenomenal. We should probably just go down the list and talk about each one of them because they're, that's the real heart of the movie, these people. Um, this guy, Temple Baker, was an uh, intern at Annapurna Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found him I, – I have not seen this like reported out there. No one did a story on him. But um, I was looking these people up and I found him on LinkedIn. Wow. And he was an Annapurna intern, so I guess he was just absorbed into the movie biz. He's done nothing else. That's He's very, great. very funny as the dumb, the true dummy. Of um, the crap, all right. But. So I want to talk about the, the, the Rolls Roman thing because, Joanna, I had read your review. I, you know, your thoughts were very big in my mind as I was watching this. And I think the thing, 
like first of all for me i think there's a division between what the film is saying and what the characters are saying and i think you recognize that too that like sure. these guys are being idiots and trying to chase after girls in this movie knows that those girls are smart enough not to go home with them or if they do that like it also shows know, us that yeah and the, yeah exactly and i think that and, and it definitely is a danger when you're like oh and here's the one girl who we can actually have a conversation with but i think when you're seeing that girl in her own universe and you kind of, there's like a scene where she's kind of playing alice in wonderland in this like weird play at a party which is just so theater kids and i, I love know. that yeah, so the, much the drama party yeah. Yeah. I, I had to walk out of the theater at that point i'm like this is too close this is <laughs> too real too much i have to go yeah and I, I think that she is presented with so much specificity and there are you know glimpses of specificity with these other girls that i think are are small because you don't want to break the reality of being in the world of these guys and you like if you have these girls rolling their eyes at them too much or if you have too much of their perspective then it it takes you away from kind of the like cosseted like men in their weird fortress world of it like um you know there's a girl who our hero is like trying to take home after like they're dancing at the party and then like she winds up dancing with somebody else and she keeps like repeating and you just get this whole sense of life for her that really i don't know that that really worked for me that that you these guys are our gatekeepers in the story and they are who we're following but the women are not so monolithic that you get the sense that the movie thinks that they are as unimportant as they do i don't know i mean yeah that i could identify three female characters for you there's zoe deutsch's character there's her roommate or friend i guess that we made at the beginning mm-hmm. we see again at the end and then there's that girl you mentioned who's becky from friday night Lights. that's i was like, literally <laughs> just looking up i was like i'm pretty sure there's becky from friday night Lights, Wait, i never yeah. watched the show who which one was she, she in the uh so the when um the when, girl? She, when yeah when jake is trying yeah. to take her up to the bedroom right so there's three three identifiable girls right the rest are like the rest and that's fine the dominatrix girl i want to give a shout out to okay dominatrix girl okay four so but but i guess what bugs me is is that like zoe deutsch and and her roommate at the beginning other girl do roll their eyes do challenge yeah but then very quickly both of them wind up i mean over the course of one weekend both of them wind up in bed with two of the guys from the frat I guess that's a spoiler. That should be safe for the spoiler section. Yeah, but I don't like, think they know. wound up in bed. I don't get the impression that there was any. Um, I, yeah, I don't think she sex at the end. I don't the, remember with seeing the, re- the true love interest. Perhaps I didn't remember seeing the roommate actually. So uh, she I I that. just she hooks up with Finnegan at the end. So. I mean, it's a close on nap. Is it not like? Is it not the <laughs> We've all been there. That um. <laughs> that like the girls are in it for the same thing that the guys are that like they also you know those guys might not be into those girls that much but they'll sleep with them and the same thing for the girl i, I don't know That's maybe, what I, like. I like that the girls that they meet at the party are also like jones in to screw in the back and of their car that's that's, that's fine you know i agree with that but i'm just saying if there was one female character who did not succumb to the charms of these like macho baseball boys? This is college. This is just college. one. We're- just one. Yeah. Oh. No. I, nope. I, no. 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 I buy your argument. Whatever. I didn't. You didn't. You weren't sleeping with that many people in college badges. Fuck yeah, I was. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> At the drama parties, of course. That's true. Drama parties. No, I'm just saying people were hooking up. People were like interested, and uh, as you yeah, said, but I'm just saying. I'm just she saying. Eyes in the beginning. So she. There, there are girls who might go like, "Hey, I do want to have sex, but I want to have sex with a drama kid, not you." Yeah. You, you raglan shirt wearing baseball boy, you know, and and, and like that's fine. It doesn't make their journey any less fun or enjoyable to have one person say. 
the mud wrestling machismo that you represent is not for me. I feel like there were, weren't there girls at the disco club who turned them down? I'm trying to remember now. They did have an off, they had had an an off night, but like you weren't, you didn't see them get like super rejected. (laughs) Oh, you wanted them to like go home crying or something. No, I just Just, went home alone. I don't want to like drink their male tears. I just wanted, (laughs) you know, and then they just changed their clothes and went to another club and got different girls. I mean, like that's, they didn't have a lot of challenges. Uh, just one dissenting voice. That's all I really needed. And I like, think, I, I think Zoe Deutsch is skeptical. I think that's key too. that. Look, we're, we're all drunk on the college experience. It's the first weekend. She says no to them. She flips them off in the, in the parking lot early on in the movie. All the guys go home. They're totally rejected in that moment. They're supposed to be getting with ladies right now. They're, they're hot stuff. No, they suck. Go home. And, and, they, and then they call them lesbians. And they call them lesbians. And Which is really, think, I thought that was really funny. Um, they're assholes. But the, the minor rejections, remember, this is the first week in a college. I think what's beautiful about this movie is at the end, and I don't mind talking about, there's no spoilers in this movie. Screw you guys. Um, <laughs> like Jake and Beverly, Beverly is Zoe Deutsch's character. They spend a night talking to each other. At one point, they're just like wading down a river, which is awesome. I'm like, Oh hey, man! College. It made me so sad that it's winter. I was like, I was like, I don't want to float in a river. <laughs> just like deep conversation about what they're bringing to the table, what they're bringing to college, what they're gonna do with their lives, and they have a very romantic evening. I don't think they have sex, to be fair. Uh, and then they go to class the next morning, first day of class, and they have this kind of loving stare. You know, Jake is, is a little more into it than she is. I think that's really cute that he's kind of like, wait. Maybe girls are more, you know, maybe I could actually have a relationship. And then you just get the impression that it's not going to last, right? It's not oh, like definitely love by the end of this movie. He just realized something about the women around him. And there it's is a- something charming in that moment, too, where his friends see him kind of say goodbye to this girl. And they you can tell they're a little jealous, even though they're like, ooh. It's uh, and there's, but also, but I mean, I I really don't want to like spoil the entire ending of this movie, but there's a whole moment right after that that really undercuts the idea that like they're learning anything or paying yeah. attention to anything, which I really yeah. liked. Yeah, That's it's true. it's. I mean, it's a tough time to make a movie about the male experience, but it's a very good movie. <laughs> about the male experience. I I guess what I'll say is that I I don't see it as a big evolution, this big evolution that you see in Jake, because Jake the character strikes me as someone who had a steady girlfriend all through high school. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't think, think this is gonna be his first girlfriend i don't think this is the first time he's seen a girl and thought i could have a girlfriend Just like oh who had three girlfriends at high school and kissed a bunch of other ones and whatever there's no wow, like the now when it's the college, get to, get to <laughs> he's the do- he seems like a dawson to me i mean to put it in like <laughs> not, not, i don't know what that means oh i did want to mention one thing there's another female character who is very important who doesn't actually appear on screen and it is the girlfriend of well, the pregnant girlfriend oh yeah pregnant girlfriend right like that's a kind of lingering question you don't you don't know right uh, no she she got her she gets her period she's not pregnant okay, okay. right there's a big what if i love and, that guy by the way oh my god he's, right? too. Yeah. he's very he's he's dealing with this real relationship with a real woman and he's coming back to these stooges who don't know a thing about women and dealing with real life problems and kind of bringing reality to this movie and I thought that was a beautiful touch. You know, the Everybody Wants Some is a fantastic movie because I can be laughing and I can be thinking and or I can be like really touched by 
a, a man's emotions. It's a beautiful thing. And I think it, it, it never stumbles as it kind of waves back and forth between those things. Did, what, did, what did Wyatt Russell's character make you think? Oh, I loved him. <laughs> I, he was so, like, he, he's just like, he's, I like everybody else. He's so good at playing a dummy. I mean, there's like there's a twist regarding his character that I guess we shouldn't spoil. I don't want to spoil it since we spoiled so many other things. Oh, that, that, no, no, like a legitimately no. like fun, unexpected part of the movie. Well, um, yeah, and it's also it's also a really great what you're what you're dancing around is a moment that like we're talking about the stoned moment when they have ESP or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hilarious, hilarious, and you're kind of like it's almost like in f- blowing up a bubble that Linklater can pop because things can unexpectedly change. In, in college. I mean, I think you finding emotion in that stuff, I, I didn't quite find that. Like, I didn't find any of this emotional. Sad. Sorry, maybe, I talked to you. I mean, maybe if there had been more of a female perspective, you would have. Oh, um, <laughs> burn! Everything <laughs> oh, should be for everyone. <laughs> what, no, uh, come on. what I will say about Wyatt Russell is that if he felt almost like a, like a Will Forte character, but played by someone so handsome, I mean, not that Will Forte <laughs> is not handsome, but like, But Wyatt you know. Russell is like, he is the child of Kurt Russell. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's got them jeans, them jeans. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, This I would happily watch this movie again, and uh, I I I can imagine it really having that dazed and confused place in the pantheon for people. Um, Because going back to the whole idea of it being relatable, I think setting something in the past makes it like if there was a movie about college kids right now, we would not be able to do anything but being like, oh my god, kids these days—they're so different from us. But when you set it in the past, you make it relatable to kids now and to us and to our parents and you, our parents who were in college before this movie was set. There's a timelessness to it. And I think that would happen if you set it in 1996 as well. Um, but, the, you know, this time period for Linklater works really well. And I, I love the kind of the, the idea that you can go back to it and find more stories that either feel right to you or for me, it was less relatable and more like an anthropological study of being like just watching these guys be themselves right. and being so entertained by them. Yeah. Modern filmmakers don't seem capable of, uh, like, depicting reality without it being harsh. Like, if you made a modern version of this movie, it could not be fun. It would have to be like, I'm doing coke, and I'm, like, getting too touchy. No! It's like, bad, go to jail. Oh, three people died. You know, it would be horrible. I don't know what you're watching, Patches. Yeah. It's bumming me out. That's what college is like. Wow, I feel like I've learned a lot about you, Pashas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Joanna, what was your college? Was your college experience anything like this? Um, no, no. Me neither. I was in the honors dorm, so that's like <laughs> the exact opposite of the baseball dorm. I'm saying people are incapable of depicting fun in college in a, like a modern setting. Interesting. I uh, I welcome listeners to rebut that with their own example. I can't think of anything off the top. I haven't seen. I feel like it's been a while since I saw something set in college. Other than how to get away with murder, which doesn't. I'm trying count. to think. Well, sex comedies, right? They're like I guess everybody wants them could be described as as a sex comedy, but they're always about like going over the line. I'm trying to think like Sex Drive. Oh, it's so crazy! I'm like fucking a porn star, and then I'm doing. Oh no, I accidentally did a uh, a pile of coke. I'm so going- something that's like more like real life. Yeah, but fun. Or like well, unde- just- undeclared. I mean, undeclared. Is oh cool, yeah, but, like something like that. Like yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Or um, what was that? There was like a um, Jay Baruchel one, I think, where they like invented a college. Anyway. Oh, oh uh, uh, accepted, right? Accepted? Yeah. Admit, admitted? Something like that? I think yeah. there were, yeah, Justin Long, Jonah Hill. Was Jay Baruchel was, in that? Okay, Blake it was Justin Long. Lively's in that? Declared. 
Good lord. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Justin Long. That's who I'm thinking. Um, anyway, yeah, that, that sort of vibe. You're right. We haven't had it in a while because it's been a while since those, that movie came out and since Undeclared was on. But yeah, fun set in college is, is, is nice. I, and I agree with Katie. I think this movie is going to get better with every rewatch, every like tossed off line. I've seen Days and Confused like 50 times. I love that movie. So I, you know, I think this is one of those. I agree. Yeah, I would tell anybody to watch it too. Like, I think my should, parents would like it. Maybe we should wrap up by just stating some MVPs here. Who who is going to like McConaughey level fame? Well, oh my yeah, god, I that's think, so hard. I think Glenn Powell is the McConaughey, but I'm so he's amazed so that Katie funny. doesn't like him. Yeah, Why don't you like he just him? felt Wait. like a he's felt like a cheap Steve Zahn to me. Whoa! <laughs> I, I'd also never seen him in anything before. Or I'd oh, yeah, I watched Scream Queens. How many times I, do I have to say that on I'm this podcast? I'm never watching Scream Queens. very good on Scream so Queens. So good. It's... And very different. I mean, he's still like a, you know, a douche, but a different kind. He has yeah. like this Vaughn snappiness, but McConaughey, like, laid-back appeal. He will be... He will be in an action movie. Someday. Maybe his brand of douchiness. I just like. I I was more interested in all the other types of douchiness, and that's not his fault. That's the character, and that's a that's a me thing. Okay. I was su- I was surprised by Tyler Hoechlin, like as uh, you know, he's he's funny, which I guess I kind of knew. But but that scene, there's a scene later on at at baseball practice where he actually like sort of brings some intensity and mm-hmm. drama. To I really liked. So yeah, I really liked. Um, I'm looking up his name. Jay Quinton Johnson. Oh, the one black guy? Yeah, the black guy. <laughs> yeah. The one black guy. One um, black. He's so, I just think he's like really laid back and cool and, but like gets in, he, he kind of just jumps into any scene and can do yeah. anything. No, he can I, be really funny across from Glenn Powell or he can like walk with Blake Jenner and go to the club. I don't know. He just seems so versatile. He's never done anything. Apparently he's going to be in a dirty dancing television show, but he was Ooh. my standout. I think he's very cool. I remember uh, like realizing like, oh, his character type is he's the black guy, but like then he was so appealing that like it didn't feel that way. Well, that, yeah, that's the other thing too. Like he doesn't stand out as the black guy and Glenn Powell's not the funny one um, because they're all, they all do all They're all the things. black guys. They're all the black guy in some way. <laughs> Um, Guys, I'm no, looking at their IMDb. I'm looking at their IMDb, and I can't recognize any of them without the facial hair. <laughs> I know you need those mustaches. <laughs> I don't remember who who is who. Uh, yeah, I think um, who are we saying? The uh, Temple Baker, the uh, former Annapurna intern. Like, I don't know if I think he's going to be like a McConaughey level star, but I thought he was great. He was. He'll be like he's the McLovin of this movie. Oh he'll boy. Be, uh, He'll be in some YouTube videos or something someday. I will say, I mean, this this does feel like a farm team, like watching, you know, not to be like, once again, South by Southwest, but like watching all 12 of them. Yeah, I think it was 12 or maybe 13. Stand on that stage, well-dressed, beautifully dressed, super handsome. Like, you're just like, damn, these guys are going somewhere. (laughs) They're all really enjoyable. So, except for what happened in summer and Blake Jenner. But the rest, all good. Uh, so yeah, everybody wants some. Everybody see it. Yeah. Want some of this movie on their eyes. Lightning round 
questions. Uh, I was going to ask Joanna to do her takedown of Batman versus Superman, but that's why you should listen to this week's Thought Bubble. You probably hey. are already. What a plug. What a plug. I'm plugging a show I'm not even on. Um, I'm sure Dave will be happy. Uh, but I don't think anything else comes out this week. No, though. it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty slow week. Um, so, yeah. So, Patches, what was this week's Lightning Round question? Yes, it was in honor of uh, Everybody Wants Some. What movie needs a spiritual sequel? So not a direct sequel, but something that uh, maybe takes place in the world, is adjacent, same vibe. Who knows? Joanna, uh, you weren't on the main show, so what's your thought? Um, I was going to give an original answer, but then I saw a tweeted answer that was too perfect. So I'm going to go with that, which is um, Sam Sype, which is at Epismas on Twitter, said Sneakers. Sneakers, I think, is a perfect film, and there are very few perfect films. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I will go to the mat for sneakers and, uh, I would be very intrigued to see a spiritual sequel to that. Did you see Ant-Man? It's not a spiritual sneak sequel to sneakers. Might Whoa. as well be. Fighting words. Uh, Patches, what about you? I'm going to go with, um, at Paul Jeremiah, who said Blade Runner would just love to explore that world again from a different POV. I feel the exact same way. I'm, I mean, I don't know what Blade Runner 2 that they're currently making is going to be like. Um, I don't really want to pick up with that story. The world, I mean, one of the reasons we admire Blade Runner is the backgrounds are so rich, right? Wow, they really built this city and this world from the ground up, and they're making references to, like, space mining colonies and shit. There's so much to this world that they've invented for Blade Runner. And yet, oh, no, let's just follow Deckard. And what, what's he up to again? Yep, that's what we're doing. Do you want to, like, the noodle vendor in, like, what, who do you want, like, a mining? Is that is that what you want? You want a mining film? I don't know. I just want to, like, if this is the city, then what's outside the city? Or if this cool. is the city, like, what's the different neighbor? What, what's happening in Queens of Blade Runner? <laughs> I want, like, the Pris sequel. That's yes. The, uh, the pleasure model, uh, not si- replicant. I guess we kind of got that, right? That's AI. <laughs> That's true. It's just the Gigolo Joe. I would Sorry. also want an AI spiritual sequel. Bring oh. me back to that world. Take me. Just Gigolo Joe. American Take me, Gigolo, Gigolo Joe. Joe. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> um, I'm going with Fernando at Fern Borrego, who said, The importance of being earnest because being a fake person in 2016 is super easy, which is really funny. But also, I would love to see some kind of farce version I of that, that now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how. I mean, I guess that's what catfish is, um, which I don't watch. But should I read that book? <laughs> the importance of catfish. The importance of being yes, earnest? catfish. The novelization of catfish. <laughs> the the importance of being. Should earnest? I read that? The play. It's a play. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I bet the play. Yeah, it's hilarious. I've never seen it, and I've never read it. I'm sorry. I think of plays as books too, because that's all I spent. That's what you my sh- real college experience was like. <laughs> you should read it <laughs> and see play. it. No, you should read it and see it, and then go see Travesties by Tom Stoppard, which is a riff on it, which is even better Ooh. I think, than the Wild. Um, now I want to do a modern importance of being earnest, like Clueless. But yeah, yeah. let's let's. Uh, Let's work on our screenplay. No, we need more uh, closed, like slamming door farces and people yes. running around not being not being who they say they are. Uh, wasn't that what the uh, the movie on Project Greenlight was, and everybody hated it? The one from this season, the one that they made. I don't yeah. think it was a farce. I think that was a little the leisure class. Yeah, but it wasn't about people like pretending to be someone they're not. Oh, God, I have no idea. I really lost track of that one on purpose. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I didn't watch it. I would watch Grand Budapest for your. Mm. Arsicle needs. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, that does it for this week's Fighting in the War Room. We'll be back next week talking about something. Stuff. God, next week is uh, 
also t- it's a tough time between now and yeah everyone got out of yeah that, they ran right. away yeah 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 hardcore Hen- henry is that it oh that comes oh. out that would be did you see it at south by <laughs> no i skipped it because oh. it looked so bad Made and all smart life choice got that review out of the way yeah done just skip it next week <laughs> okay. okay uh in the meantime everybody tell the people who you are starting with joanna where can people find you on the internet Oh, on VanityFair.com, hey. or, or you can follow me on Twitter at Joe wrote this. And on the Thought Bubble. And on the Thought Bubble, and on Storm of Spoilers, and on the ones who knock about Better Call Saul over on the Slash Filmcast. And the Republic City Dispatch. <laughs> when that comes back, yes. When? Is that a, is that a win? It, yeah. Hey, there are a lot of people on the Voltron cartoon that's coming to Netflix that are... Uh, We've gotten some requests. people. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. request from me. Uh, <laughs> and who am I? I'm Matt Patches. I'm the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com, and I am on Twitter at Mr. Patches. And I'm Katie Rich. I'm also on VanityFair.com, and I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Mm-hmm.